This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad that you're with us this week, and we are uh, doing something a little different this week. We're going to begin with Scripture. Wow. A Christian radio show. <laughs> Beginning with Scripture. That's probably pretty normal on a lot of them. Not as much with ours. Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, could happen. But we always talk about God and Jesus and, you know, all the Sunday school topics. Scripture. We do. We do. Yeah. And so we are going to begin with the scripture, but I want to talk a little bit about how it came about. I uh, went to church a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I did. <laughs> My pastor always introduces himself to me every time we go. Hi, I'm Mike. Glad to meet you. <laughs> Funny Mike. Shut up. I'm at church now. But anyway, no, he, Mike and I are good friends. And, and uh, he, he did a sermon on the six things the Lord hates and the seven that are detestable to him from Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. And it really... I mean, I could read through this and I can understand them, but when he went through it, it really helped me understand just in the beginning, that whole first part had always been confusing to me. The six things the Lord hates and the seven that are detestable to him, and then there are seven things listed. I'm like, shouldn't there be 13? <laughs> I mean, my math, six that he hates and seven, right? There should be 13 things, but there's just seven of them. And what he helped me understand was that there's six that he really does hate, but that seventh one is kind of the, the culmination I think I said that word right yep. this time. The culmination of all those rolled up into the last thing. And that's what's detestable to him. And so as we, we're going to begin at the end and look at see what's detestable to God and then go back and unpack what are the things that he hates that leads up to that. So the thing that he finds detestable is in Proverbs 6, verse 19, is a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Right? It doesn't sound that harsh. They just stirred up a little conflict, a little trouble, little problems. But diversion, divisiveness in the, in the community. Right? God finds that detestable. That's a big statement. I mean, there, there's yeah. no hit or miss there. I mean, it's not... It's past hate. It's up the, it's up the, up the escal- up escal- escalator. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a few... <laughs> Thank you, Porky Pig. <laughs> 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 it's, 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 it's bad. They, uh, <laughs> no, it is up that scale as you talk about. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Back to the topic. Yeah, the division I just caused in the community. God kind of finds that detestable right now. <laughs> object, object lesson, right? Yeah, it is. But the, the, the first clip is from the masculine journey. <laughs> yeah, we'll just replay the, the first few minutes of this. It covers most of these. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the six things, and then we'll come back and kind of unpack them. 
But as you start at the beginning of the verse again, it's there's six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, which we'll find out what that is, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So all those other things will stir up conflict in the community. Right? And so that helped me kind of understand that. So, Andy, the first clip is actually one of yours. Yep. And so if you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about it before we play it. So it's uh, actually King Julian from Madagascar, but he's got his own show now. So he's going through and doing impressions of some of his friends about how they feel about him. And you'll get an idea as it goes along of what they're trying, what he's doing. And so this is an example of haughty eyes. Yes. Yep. Right? And then we'll come back and unpack that. Here is a hilarious impression of Maurice. Oh, I'm so dumb and boring. I always stop the fun partying because I'm jealous of Julian. Did I mention I was boring? And here's what it's like talking to Mort. Your majesty, you're so great. Of course I am great. You're gross. Goodbye. And here is an impression of someone who met King Julian, me, for the first time. Who is this amazing creature sculpted by the angels? I want to kiss him. Oh, right. You are still here. I got carried away with my flawless impressions, but it just feels right. So, Andy. Yep. That was funny. That was funny. A little over the top. It was over the top, but, you know, you get the idea. So if you had to describe in your words mm-hmm. what haughty eyes mean, how would you say that? what that means? Um, a, a proud look, I guess. You can see it, the, the, the people that look down. Uh, we all have a tendency to do that, somebody below us, uh, that that's not um, – as sophisticated as us, uh, that's not king like King Julian's doing here. Just somebody that you feel superior to and you're looking down upon. Pretty common, what we're dealing with a lot in society in the perception of what's going on these days. So, mm-hmm. Now, Robbie, how would you term the thing? Would you say it the same way? Would you say it differently? <laughs> Just a question. I'm, 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 you want to warm up a little bit first? <laughs> oh, I... I actually did quite a study once between the difference between pride and haughty and haughty is actually a step up to where mm-hmm. they they almost have lost sight because of how puffed up they are um with that idea being that pride puffs up and 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 so you get to this point that unfortunately like herod that you're going to get eaten by worms you know it's coming it, you know if you start to think that you're a god did him talking about Herod remind you of something? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, about the guilt that I carry because I've been that way in the past. Yeah, uh, I thought I was the best pro- computer programmer that wa- that could walk. Uh, one of the things that uh, I thought of as Robbie was talking about it is that uh, you can be proud, but when you're haughty, you show it. And you can be proud without showing it. If you're good. (laughs) If you're not. You just showed it. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure where to go with that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Sam. Yeah. The, uh, well, the thing that, that, that it ends up being that is the culmination that you talk about that I, I think is beautiful in what you know your pastor was teaching is that you don't think immediately like, wow, this haughtiness is is going to end up in this culmination of a destroyed community. Yeah. It, it, it does when you start having somebody that believes that they're above other people for whatever reason, right? When that happens, that's going to destroy the community. And when they vocalize it, as you were saying, Harold, it's even that much worse. You know, people just believe it to be true. That's one thing. But when they vocalize it, like, you know, King Julian did here, (laughs) you know, you really realize that's how they feel. And it's going to cause division. It's not going to cause unity. No, it's definitely not going to cause unity. That's... a hundred years ago, when I was a baby preacher, um, this is actually the first sermon that I remember preaching. Now, it wasn't the first sermon. It's the it's the first one that I remember, right? And the reason I did is because it was a very moving sermon for a few people that heard it. Um, they left the church shortly thereafter. Uh, and I was thankful, actually, that they left. Not Not everybody was, but I was, because they were these people. They were the ones stirring up division in the church constantly, um, you know, picking apart the other brethren. And half the time it was, you know, what so some preacher, you know, 14 counties over said, and they would write them up in some brotherhood publication. And, you know, Brother Darren said on Sunday, blah, 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 blah. And then they would refute it theologically and all that stuff. And. It was just causing a tremendous um, dissension in our ranks as a small church of, you know, 100, 150 people in a little community up in northeastern Ohio. And I was a again, I was I was young and I just thought, man, have they never have they never heard this, that this is not a good thing, that this is a bad thing. And I just kind of did the literally preached the verses we're looking at on the progression that it starts out with the haughty eyes. It starts out with the arrogance and then it moves to the next and it moves to the next and it moves to the next. And so literally almost each one of these in Proverbs six sixteen forward, almost every one of them is kind of a step up from the last one. Mm-hmm. An escalator, a logical (laughs) conclusion. If you do this, this is what's going to happen next. And if you do those two, this is what's going to happen next. And, you know, if you said to a brother in a church, you know, that you're you're creating, you know, you're telling lies, you're you're spitting out lies against, you know, other brethren, they would they would logically say, no, no, I'm not I'm not lying. I mean, he really said that. But what ends up happening in almost all those situations is we begin to assign motives as well. Well, he said this because he's a liberal or because he's a conservative or because he's a legalist or because blah, 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 blah. And so we start assigning motives to somebody that we don't know because we're not God. We don't know what their motives are. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. Mm -hmm. I've done it. And I think that's what we want all of our listeners to hear is Every guy sitting around this table has pretty much done mm-hmm. all of these at one time or another, and and it is one of those stupid human tricks that you can live to tell about, but there needs to be some repentance involved, and and oftentimes that repentance is hard, and oftentimes 
the revelation of the needed repentance is very painful when God finally comes to you and goes, hey, dude, you've been practicing Proverbs 6 and and begins to reveal that to us. It, it hurts. It hurts us. It it hurts others that have been around us. And we've got a clip that will kind of illustrate that in a little bit in the in the you know Nixon Frost clip. Mm-hmm. It uh, you're talking to reminded me of a time I got asked uh, years ago back in Indiana to be on a uh, board. I'd not been asked to be on a board at the church, you know. And they said, "Can you be on the 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 uh, grounds committee and the the building and grounds committee?" And I'm like, "Hey, you know, build houses. Yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. Maybe I can help." You know, I went to the first meeting and uh, the first probably. 55 minutes of about a 90-minute meeting was gossip about everything going on in the church. And I thought, well, this has got to get better the next time. And I came back the next time it was like that. I didn't go more than about three. And I had to tell them, look, I don't want to be on this committee because this is not what I signed up for. If you need help on something, I'll help with the project. I'll do whatever. But I don't want to be a part of this, you know, because it just didn't feel right. Right now, that's being on one side of it. When we come back, we'll talk about times we've been on the other side of it. But also, you know, how did they step up and how they build? But in the meantime, go to MasculineJourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp, November 12th through 15th. Again, that's MasculineJourney.org, boot camp, November 12th through 15th. We know you want to be there. We want you there. And God wants you there. What if one weekend wasn't up to you that you could go and God would orchestrate it all? Masculine Journey Boot Camp, basic training designed to give men permission to be how God made them, passionate warriors for the kingdom. Based on John Eldridge's wild at heart, experience four days purpose for God to come after and perhaps reawaken dreams and desires he uniquely placed in your masculine heart. Masculine Journey Spring Boot Camp coming up April 29th through May the 2nd. Go to MasculineJourney.org and register today. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You can go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. We're going to get to the buzz here in a second. Oh, I I cut it out too quick. Liar. Liar, liar. Yeah, we were talking. I was asking the guys their opinion on something, and then I messed up the bump-in music. Well, we can use it again another time. (laughs) Robbie worked hard on the bump-in music. For those who knew the song, it was Three Dog Night, and he was about to say, liar, liar. Yeah, yeah But, you, it you know, it was okay, because it was one of the, you know, six. Yeah, it was one of the seven, six. That lead it to seven. It does. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Proverbs <laughs> 6. We don't know what we're talking about either. It's six, uh, 16 through 19, the six things that God hates, the seven that he finds detestable. And so we, we covered that first part of haughty eyes, which is more than just judgmental, but that really is kind of where we can see it begin. It begins with this judgmental attitude, this prideful, arrogance attitude that we're better than someone else, fill in the blank. That driver in front of me is an idiot. 
because they don't know how to use their turn signal, whatever. Liar. They, yeah, liar. Liar. They're a liar. They're not putting on their turn signal. <laughs> no, you're a liar. <laughs> no, I'm a liar. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love what Darren said. And most of my lies are really good like Satan. You know, they've got a, a grain of truth in them. <laughs> <laughs> it's really scary what what he said when I began to really evaluate that like wow I think about the stories I tell or the things there's truth in there but then you add that part that is the lie well you, and that's and you may not know it's a lie at the time but you make an assumption right you assign value assign motive you know we talked about I'd realized I'd done this a few weeks back I guess it's been a few months back. I was covering for somebody on a job site, and they um, had me filling in a situation I wasn't expecting, and it didn't go well. It was with a client meeting, and it went really, really long. They normally take like an hour and a half, two hours. It took five hours. <laughs> you know. Um, so in the whole time that I'm there, and it was nice people. I really liked them. It wasn't that. It was just I would not plan that much of my day. You know, and so I got out of there. I was really frustrated with the situation, and I happened to see another friend of mine later in the day, and I shared it with him, who in turn shared it with somebody else, who in turn shared it with somebody else, and then pretty soon my impression of this person's motives, which were just – I was just mad, you know, talking about something. And later when I thought about it, I thought, no, that probably wasn't the issue. But it took on its own life a little bit, right? And then other people started to make assumptions based upon my assumption, based upon – this and none of it could be built on any truth. <clears throat> you know, liar, liar. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, it's it's really this week. I'm, I've been covering for somebody else, and when you cover somebody else's job when they're on vacation, and what I do, you know, everybody has stuff in building houses. You know that you're working on that's not necessarily documented because it's in your head and you know it. And so when you step in, you kind of expect some of that. Well, when you step in, there's certain things you don't expect to find things in, in a maybe a little different way. And so I stepped into some situations this week I didn't expect, but this whole passage has been in my mind all week. And it's changed my communication completely. Because all I can say is I don't know why we're here in this situation with what I am you know was dealing with uh, on Monday. I, I don't know why. The truth is we're in this situation. We just got to figure it out. Because if I start doing anything else, it's going to lead to haughty eyes, and potentially a lying tongue, whether I, even though I don't mean it to be. Yeah, it 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 it, it comes to roost. It does, and it gets brutally ugly. We're um, likely to drop a rock. Yeah, we are likely to drop a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're going to play that clip here in just a second. That is a great setup for that clip. <laughs> um, Robbie, it was your clip. I'm going to have you set it up here in a second. But I want to ask a question for us to think about when we play that clip. Not necessarily because of that clip, but when we play that clip. Let's play the clip first. I'll come back to it because I, I don't want to confuse people. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the clip? Okay. So we've got Braveheart, one of the neater scenes from my experience. It's, it's near the beginning. So, you know, at this point in time, William has lost his father and all, has gone off to be educated, and now is coming back to town for the first time, sees his childhood friend, you know, Hamish, which they used to throw rocks together, which Hamish has clearly forgotten, but he did re- see his old friend and immediately, you know, he 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 thought he was going to show him, you know, how much more of a man he had become while this guy was off being feminized in France. You've dropped your rock. <laughs> Test of manhood. 
You win. Yeah. Call it the test of soldiery, then. The English won't let us train with weapons, so we train with stones. Well, the test of a soldier is not in his arm. It's here. No. It's here. <laughs> My boy! That's a good throw. Hi. Hi, boss. I was wondering if you could do that when it matters. As it, as it matters in battle. Could you crush a man with that throw? I could crush you like a worm. <laughs> you could? Aye. Well, then do it. Would you like to see him crush me like a worm? <laughs> Come do it. Do it, move. I will not. Hey. You'll move. Come on, Amish. You look a wee bit shaky. Should have remembered the rocks. I should have. <laughs> Get off, you big heaver. That's good to see you again. Uh, welcome home. <laughs> so, Robbie, this was you called this one uh, Haughty Hamish. <laughs> I think it's how you titled this, right? So, what was it about that that, that made you kind of think of this passage? Well, you, you know how it is when you see an old friend, and for whatever reason, you know you have this desire to see, you know, who's where you are in the pecking order of things, and, and certainly in front of the whole village, you know, Hamus is going to show that he's clearly the bigger man than than, than young William. <clears throat> However, William immediately, it's beautiful. He says, "You win." He he, he didn't even want to compete, but when he saw the opportunity to get at something that was a teachable moment, which was. What is inside of a soldier is not in his arm, it's in his head, right? He, he takes the small rock. You don't see this, and I should have set it up better, because what happens is Hamish throws this great big huge rock over to the side of William. He takes a little bitty rock and beans Hamish right in the head, which, you know, about knocks him out. He's, he's, he's kind of silly. And then he recalls a childhood incident where, you know, William could hit things with the rock and, and Hamish couldn't. And, and so... He got a he got a little te- taught on, you know, using your head over using your arm. Yeah, and, and that's sometimes what happens. And unfortunately, there's times that it, it doesn't. It just goes on. You know, as I look through this list, and the thing I want to ask you guys to, to kind of weigh in on, as I look through it, there, there's a lot of them in here. I can go, yep, yep, yep. All right, haughty eyes. I, if I'm honest with myself, I know I've done that. A lying tongue. Yep, done that one. I'm going to skip the next one for a minute. Um, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Yeah, I've yeah, done that. yeah, yeah, I've done that one. <laughs> Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Yep, been yeah. there. A fal- false witness that pours out lies. Not intentionally, but yes, I've done that, and I probably have done it intentionally. You know, back in the past. Uh, and a person who steers up conflict in the community. Well, if I've done the other things, I've done that. The one that's hard for me: hands that shed innocent blood. So, Darren, if you could kind of help. <laughs> With that, Robbie it, just passed the yeah, mic. Yeah, I saw off. I passed the mic. So I just said, I'll just, I got nothing. I'll just start uh, to Darren. But it's not no, it's it, not on my escalator. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hands that shed innocent blood. I mean, obviously, there's, there's the 
easy ones, right? Um, abortion, mm-hmm. you know, here in America, I may not have shed innocent blood, but I may have voted for people that put judges in that make it legal or voted for politicians that that say it's OK. Um, and and again, that, that, you know, that may not be a dividing line for you, but it is for me. I mean, it is. I, I, I can't vote for somebody who is for abortion. I just can't. So that's easy, though. And that's the easy one, right? I personally have never shed innocent blood that I know of. Okay, I, I may have run somebody off the road and they might have died behind me and the police never caught me. I don't know. Probably Harold's done that. I, <laughs> I, you know, he's been around longer so that, you know, it's just the possibility is more with him. So, no. Um, but I may very well have hurt someone's heart in such a way to cause them to turn their back on Christ. And what would be worse than shedding innocent blood than to shed the soul? You know, if I've hurt someone in such a way that they would turn their back on Christ and that their soul would be eternally damned because they chose, well, if the God Darren's trying to get me to, you know, believe is the same one that he believes and he's able to act like that, then I'm, you know, I may have done that very easily may have done that, probably have done it more than than once and so I, I pray that that's not the case I, I pray that if that has happened that God would enter into that person's life and put someone else there that is a more Christ-like figure than I was at that time when I was in their life and I, I know I've been in people's lives when I was not a Christ-like figure at all and so that to me is is the way that I apply that I mean there's the easy stuff yeah you shall not kill you shall not commit murder but what would be worse to to murder a Christian or to cause someone's soul to never enter into Christ? Um, I think the latter would be worse. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, when I was thinking about this particular part of it, I thought about, well, what about times that I'm uncertain, you know, of a situation and I don't speak up, right? That act of not speaking up, you know, you know, you get this indication that maybe there's an abusive husband, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, well, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know that I want to speak up on that. Is that not part of, and you know, God's laying this feeling in your heart. You don't do something with it. You know, at some point you got to say, how much am I responsible for as well? And man, we just barely touched on this topic. We're going to talk a lot more about it in the after hours. We're going to play a great clip from David Frost and uh, Richard Nixon. That was his name. Uh, and it's it's gonna it's a great clip. We're gonna talk about it. We're also gonna share some more of our personal stories, and we'll come back and talk more about this passage next week. But in the meantime, we'd like for you to consider coming to the boot camp, and you go to masculinejourney.org to register now. And it's coming up November twelfth through fifteenth. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, if you are just missing being around people, that'd be one reason to come. You know, because there's gonna be people there. You're gonna have a great time. But more importantly, God's going to be there, and God's got something great in store for you. I promise you, I don't know what it is, but I do know he has it because he always does. We'll see you next week. This is the Truth Network.